shark attack. A shark attack is an attack on a human by a shark. Out of more than 489 shark species, only three are responsible for a double-digit number of fatal unprovoked attacks on humans. Among the three are a tiger shark, bull shark, and a great white shark. A story I will share with you this Tuesday. Blue, orange, purple, and pink cascading skies can make for the most beautiful sunset off the California coast, especially off sunset cliffs. Further into the night, a moonlit sky makes the waters in the crashing waves below seem like your own deep, dark ocean oasis. A very quiet, inviting area for a night swim. Or a perfect place to dump a body without being seen. This is the mysterious death of Michelle Von Emster. Please take care and caution while listening to this episode. Tuesdays with Trisha, Episode 6. Welcome to Sunset Cliffs National Park in the town of Point Loma in San Diego, California. This beautiful 68-acre city park is adjacent to the Pacific Ocean on the western edge of Point Loma, a popular park that has underdeveloped areas in nature reserves. These coastal cliffs are great for sunsets and gray whale watching as they migrate from the Bering Sea to Baja, California. It can also be a treacherous and dangerous place to be. Falls from the cliff have ended in injuries and deaths. Our story begins on the afternoon of April 15, 1994. Around 3 p.m., David, a local surfer, was surfing and about to head in when he noticed that seagulls were perched on the water and they were pecking at whatever they were sitting on top of. And David thought, hmm, this is odd. Seagulls just floating on top of the open open ocean? But why? And they're eating. If so, what? Now, kelp and seaweed often get tangled into big bundles of gooby messes. I know my sister and I spent time at the beach a lot. And as young kids, and we would be standing in the water waiting for the waves to come, and I'd always feel something brush against my leg and get scared and look down and realize it's this big ball of seaweed. And if my sister was standing by, it was a fucking almost guarantee that I'd pick that shit up and start chasing her around with it. So it was always like gross and sticky, not very pleasant, also made for a good laugh, which gives me the perfect opportune time to introduce my guest for this week. It happens to be my sister, Jordan. Welcome to the show. Hi, everyone. So, back on to the story. So, David wasn't sure exactly what he was looking at, and he was kind of farther away from it when he noticed another surfer was close by. Now, Jordan, are you familiar with Sunset Cliffs? Have you ever been over there? 
Not that I recall. I'm sure if I was over there, I might recognize it. Definitely remember me throwing seaweed on your ass, right? Well, that's for sure. <laughs> or big balls of wet sand in your face. Exactly. <laughs> remember when we would go and like um, dig in the sand and find the sand crabs? Oh, yeah. Best part. I know. It was always my favorite. Buckets full of little crabs. Yep. <laughs> or we'd do like, or we'd bury each other in the sand too. Oh, yeah. Our point or our spot on the beach was in Oceanside. We would go to Tower 5, Tyson Street actually what it was. Do you remember that? Yeah. 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 That's where mom would take us. So anyways, he, uh, David had noticed that another local surfer was by and his name was William. So David called out to him and said, Hey, check out, check it out. That like floating mass in the ocean. What is that? And of course this in two intrigued William and he swam over. So once William reached the mass, he noticed that the birds weren't eating a giant ball of kelp at all which would have been actually unusual, but they were eating that of a body, a nude body of a human being, a woman, in fact. So the first to be notified were the lifeguards, which informed the medic team to rescue the body. Once the body is on the dock, law enforcement are notified and a medical examiner comes into play. Now, the first medical examiner on the scene said in his initial reports that the body had mass tears and body parts were severed, consistent with a possible shark attack. Now, she had been found naked with only a couple pieces of jewelry on her. She looked to be about in her mid-twenties with brownish-colored hair. And the most distinctive part was her butterfly tattoo that she had had. This was the body of Michelle Von Emster. Now, on April 16th, a formal autopsy was conducted by another medical examiner. Now, the reason why they did this was because the first medical examiner on the team was kind of a little, I think, not like just amateur, you know, kind of just came in for the scene, just did the initial report, and then they take them to the like actual area. So his findings were her face was found with scrapes, contusions, and bruises. She had a broken neck. Her right leg had been severed at about mid-thigh. Shredded tissue and bone on the buttocks. Parts of both arms and left leg. Her ribs were broken and her pelvis had been pulled apart by brutal force, as described. Meaning that something forceful could only do that. She also had ingested large amounts of sand into her stomach as well. The actual cause of death was internal bleeding followed by drowning. The medical examiner decided that this was all consistent with a shark attack. Now something to know, he had never actually examined a shark attack before. So, you know, he didn't just make this up. He decided to contact an oceanographer in the area to help him conclude these findings. So that's why he ended up coming to the conclusion with the shark attack. So the medical examiner thinks that Michelle must have gone for like a late night swim on April 14th, 1994. She was attacked by a shark and then died as a result. Case 
closed. That would make it for a really short episode. So, and according to the death certificate, it's just that, shark attack. But further into this investigation, it may not be as black and white as we think. In fact, this may have not have been a shark attack at all, but possibly a victim of homicide. So, what exactly happened the night before that led a girl's body to be found floating in the ocean the next day? So, on initial, what do you think? You know, it could have been, I think it's half and half. It could have been things that were happened to our body before and maybe landed in the ocean. And then obviously that brought a shark attack. It could have been maybe some kind of rape or some kind of, you know, foul play and then thrown in there. And then a shark, you know, came upon that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, if there's, you know, multiple things that are happening with her body, um, especially with the upper and lower, I would think with a shark, you know, you get part of that, but why didn't the shark continue the rest of it? You know, why would the shark take part of her and then just leave? It just doesn't make sense to me. Right. And then also the sand in her stomach too. Yeah. You know, that's kind of weird, which we'll get into that. So, but first we need to figure out what the heck happened to Michelle the night before, right? Right. So the night before, on April 14th, 1994, Michelle and her roommate at the time, Coco Campbell, had plans to see the Pink Floyd concert that night at Jack Murphy Stadium. When the girls arrived, the tickets they had were actually for another night. So they were turned away. And when they tried to get in, they were once again denied. So the girls decided to eventually head back home. Now, according to Coco, before they got home, Michelle told Coco to drop her off at the pier, which was six blocks from her apartment, and that was around 8 p.m. that evening, and then that was the last time that anyone ever saw Michelle again. So, 8 o'clock that evening, all the way until 3 p.m. when David, that surfer, came across her. Okay, so during the two years of investigations, a bunch of stories rumored around, okay? So here's your stories, either to the effect that Michelle dove or got pushed or accidentally tumbled to her death off sunset cliffs. She got run over by a boat while night surfing or hit by a car or pitched and then pitched over like the sea rail. She overdosed at a party and then her body was dumped off the side of a boat She was in a pornographic snuff film. The fuck? (laughs) She loaded up on LSD at the concert and then went for a fatal swim um, in the ocean later, which we know she didn't even get into the concert. So if you're going to drop LSD before you get into the concert, you're bad, I'd say. She committed suicide. She went over the falls and face-planted in a body-surfing accident that snapped her neck. She cheated a dope dealer and he drowned her. She was the victim of a stalker, an OB nut job, a.k.a. Ocean Beach crazy person. So if you've ever been to Ocean Beach, you know what I'm talking about, which I know you have (laughs) because one of our favorite restaurants is down there. So, you know, you see all those crazy nut jobs walking around out there. Oh, yeah. Sorry, OB, but it's true. 
or that you see a bunch of drunk college kids. <laughs> so um, some of the more prominent theories are the following. Okay, so the first one is is when we when the case was re-examined actually a few years later by a shark expert, it was said that there was no way Michelle actually got attacked by a shark. A, no actual great white shark bites found on Michelle's body. Okay, there were only like the blue shark bites, which were consistent with post-mortem status, meaning that she was already dead and that it was just likely that the sharks were feeding on her body that was in the water after. Okay. So number two, the leg missing from her body where the bone had been broken off at, if it was a shark bite, it would have been like a clean cut almost as if somebody used a saw to cut it off. But Michelle's bone was found with like a razor sharp pointed tip. So nothing that a shark could ever do if they like bit down on the leg. So the theory of the leg missing because of a shark bite is inconsistent. Makes sense. So medical examiners, so number three, medical examiners also found large amounts of sand in her stomach and lungs, meaning that she would have had to ingest this somehow when she was alive because you can't ingest things without breathing in, um, which could be consistent with like a forceful drowning. So if somebody was like holding your head down in like shallow sand, you know, or shallow water, you could breathe it in like that. But like, even if a, sh- a shark did grab onto you and drag you down into the ocean, he would have had to, like, hold your head down there in order for you to breathe in, which sharks don't fucking do that anyways. They let go normally at most points. So that's a little weird. Number four, if she did meet her demise somehow, then the question would be, well, who So it is said that Michelle did live in a rough neighborhood in San Diego at the time in the 1990s in that area. It was known as the war zone. So, and we know that she didn't really make a lot of money when she, where she worked. She kind of lived more of like a nomadic lifestyle of where just making enough means to get through, I think the days and make the rent for the month. Nothing that she really was kind of like striving for. You know, so Did she have like an enemy there or a creepy lurker? You know, she was also found nude. Um, The clothing and the shoes that she was said to be wearing, which you said was the... The green trench coat. Yes. So that was never recovered. But two miles from where her body was found, on the sand on the beach, her purse and her keys were found there. But no clothes and shoes. Okay. So, and everything was still intact. So the money in her wallet and the, you know, her wallet and her keys. So no robbery, you know, because if you were robbing somebody, you would take that stuff or dumping a body. Well, and with this shark attack, don't you think as well, if it was this shark attack, he would have drugged her more into the water where she wouldn't have been so close to her keys and purse. Well, what makes me think is just she would probably would have just left it there, but you would have thought if she would have gone in for like a night swim and then attacked by a shark, her clothes would have been there too. Correct. But But if your body was found was not far from her purse and keys, if she was in the water submerged and being attacked, don't you think she would have been further or drifted somewhere completely different? 
than, oh. you know what I mean, the next right next down where her keys and purse are. Right. I mean, that doesn't make sense either. Why they, was she so close to those items? Yeah, well, she was two miles down from it. So, and that yeah. only makes me think that she drowned somewhere and then the, eventually the body just made it that far. But you would think, though, if it was 8 o'clock at night, all that time. So we don't know actually what time she was attacked or anything because her body was found at 3 p.m. the next day, only two miles correct, away. So all that time, it only drifted that far. Yeah. So I don't know. It's weird. Well, and you would think her friend, I mean, what would you tell your friend? I wouldn't just tell my friend, oh, drop me off at the beach. That's it. Right. <laughs> I'm assuming this is something that is like something familiar that she did with her friend or it's just a story that the friend's saying and Coco Campbell really knows what happened to Michelle. Correct. And I can't find Or if she was meeting someone or something. Right. And I can't find any reports that say that like the cops actually like really interrogated them because the first people that are interrogated the most are the people that are closest. One that's seldom last. Right. And she just says, oh, I dropped her off at the pier and bye. Yeah. And then nothing else after that. So, but again, to be on fair to Coco, she, that's really could have what she could have done. And who knows what Michelle did from eight o'clock till God knows when. Yeah. And we don't know their relationship, how close they were. Right. You know, you know, and I should have looked a little bit further to see if in the medical examiners like reported if they actually had like a time of death for her, Yeah. you know, cause they could be able to tell postmortem status, even in the water, how long the body had been like dead for for sure like the time of death yeah right yeah so and that's and that's what i think the leads the medical examiners to think that she died sometime the night before and then her body was just found the next day for sure yeah so number five leads me to the two persons of interest that they actually had in the case so the first one was edwin decker Um, So Michelle and Edwin had dated in the weeks leading up to her death. Well, I guess like more like having an encounter or two. And then like oddly, he ended up writing this like creepy poem about her um, after her death that like made him a suspect with law enforcement. Um, But eventually, like he ended up being more of a help with the cops than than he did raise questions. So he was eventually ruled out. But I do want to read the poem for you so you can just kind of like hear it and kind of judge for yourself. Was, was he though like someone close? They just didn't state that. Like a boyfriend or a friend? Mm, no, but like just... I said, it was only like an encounter or two. So I think maybe like she had gone on a date with him. Okay. They, they, he does mm. describe in an article that they did go out on a date. Um, he took her out and then they ended up back at the house with the roommate. But I guess he had a roommate and it was weird at the time, but they did make out a little bit and then she ended up going home. And then he was persistent in trying to pursue her after that for a little bit, but I don't think it ever went to like boyfriend status. Yeah, so assuming this poem is probably with somewhere in her house. This poem he posted. Oh, posted? Yes, he posted and he posted after her death. So it says, the report said there was a tattoo, a butterfly on her shoulder, which I remembered that night on my couch when I, like the shark, chewed on her lips and took off her shirt. Jesus. 
<laughs> it's well, creepy, right? Yeah, just a little. Yeah, it's a little creepy. And I, and I think law enforcement thought the same thing, but they did end up ruling out that he was just a weirdo because he did end up helping. He actually launched like um, more investigation for her case wow. instead of it just being a case closed. So the second person of interest that I just kind of want to throw in there was a man who drove a motorcycle, as people knew him. And they knew him as, like, Michelle's claimed stalker. So at the time, she had worked at a local coffee shop, and she would complain about this guy from time to time to one of her managers. So no one at the coffee shop or her manager ever recalled seeing this guy they only knew that he rode a motorcycle and would stalk her. So again, that's a lot of nowhere. O- right. <laughs> a lot of open holes. So and number seven, last but not least, besides possibly falling from the cliff and drowning, the only explanation is, is that she did go for a swim. So apparently this wasn't something uncommon that she did. She did go for night swims, even though I guess law enforcement did like um, where they asked like local surfers in the area, hey, have you ever seen this girl out like body surfing? And nobody had actually seen it, but you never know. So like I said, apparently not uncommon for her to do, but I just want to take into consideration at this time, it was 57 degrees in the water. So not ideal for a casual swim and then like put in the dark, cold cliff waters. They aren't very enticing, even for the experienced swimmer at nighttime who like she may have enjoyed that true like cold night swim. But come on. Yeah. So being someone that played water polo every morning, I don't think so. <laughs> right? Yeah, like you're used to those cold pools. Yeah, but you know, not that cold, you know. If exactly. And you're definitely getting blue and purple. Yeah, and I, but again. And nothing on. No swim. I mean, yeah. if she got attacked, she would have, um, what do you call it? A, uh, what are the wetsuits? Oh, yeah. And all that gear to go in there to at least tolerate the water. Right. Time. You wouldn't think she would just go for like a naked night swim, but who knows? I mean, maybe she was, maybe she did drop LSD or like had some sort of intoxication. Maybe she yeah. was, so this was something that she was used to doing. And so she was like, fuck it. I'm going to go for a night swim before I go home. But was there a report she's ever been on drugs? And was there any reports in her body that there were drugs? Right. No, not, yeah, nothing that can show. That's the medical examiner totally brings this as a shark attack. Yeah. So what do you all think happened to Michelle? Was she a victim of a lurking hungry shark in the waters below that just so happened to get her on the fateful night with no witnesses to actually see? Or did someone catch a lucky break and we still actually have a killer on the loose? A mystery we will never know. So I hope you enjoyed being here with me for this episode. Of course. Thanks for having me. Yes. Um, I hope you guys all enjoyed this episode. Please feel free to DM me and tell me your thoughts on what you think happened to Michelle. I want to thank my sister for being here and actually suggesting this case. She knows that my obsession with sharks goes deep. So make sure you tune in to Shark Week on Discovery Channel. (laughs) Um, And then we hope you enjoyed this episode. Till next time, see you next week on Tuesdays with Trisha. Thank you.
don't forget to wash your hands, stay safe, and don't forget to listen to Tuesdays with Trisha.